Welcome to the Dr. Berg Healthy Keto and Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Now your host, the man taking your health to a whole new level, Dr. Eric Berg. There are always things that you can do to speed up your results and to maximize fat burning. Pretty much every week on my live show, I'll have someone that is uh, struggling uh, with weight loss or they're plateauing. And so this video will go through every single uh, point that comes up when you're trying to lose weight and you're unsuccessful. And you may just need one of these points to crack the case and lose weight like you want to. Now, that being said, what I'm going to show you is a bit extreme, but some people need to go to this level to see the results that they need. If our goal is to get you into fat burning and get your body to run on as much fat calories as we can, there's a great measurement of ketones to be able to see that um, through your blood. Okay, you can measure ketones, get a little ketone device and check, not the urine, but the blood. So it goes on the scale right here. And uh, you'll probably never really see above three unless you do several other things, which I'm going to explain. You'll usually stay between one, two, and maybe three if you do keto and intermittent fasting, okay? But when you add more exercise, more hardcore exercise, it'll go a little bit deeper. The numbers going up are deeper ketosis, right? And then if we add prolonged fasting, okay, we can see higher and higher numbers depending on how many days that you fast for. Now, sometimes people are concerned about um, ketoacidosis if it gets too high, like 9.5 to 10, right? Which you're getting the ketoacidosis. This condition only happens if you are a type one diabetic and you have no more insulin and you're not regulating your blood sugars or you forget to take your insulin, whatever. So if you're producing insulin, you're never gonna get to this level, okay? So I just wanted to show you this. What, what I'm gonna show you is how to go as high as you can right up through here doing other things, okay? Including exercise and prolonged fasting. And what you're gonna see in the majority of this video is things you're not going to do, okay? Versus doing certain things, okay? You're gonna be avoiding things. That's gonna create the biggest change, okay? So number one, dropping your carbs close to zero. So that means not consuming any berries or nuts, unless you consume macadamia nuts. No yogurt, there's sugar in yogurt. No kefir, no carrots, beets, corn, squash, peas, or tomatoes. You can do leafy greens, but I wouldn't do these, okay? The closer you can get your carbs to zero, the more ketones we're gonna generate. Number two, no extra fat, okay, with the meal. So that means no MCT oil. Why? Because your body's going to use this before it uses your own fat reserve. No bulletproof coffee, okay, which is basically MCT oil and butter in your coffee. No keto bombs. Right after, say these little desserts right after your meal, just don't eat those, okay? And especially if, they're, uh, if you buy them because they, they stick all these different ingredients in them, but we don't want to add more fat uh, than necessary. You only want to consume the fat that comes with the protein. And I wouldn't add any, anything in your coffee either. Just drink black coffee. So no half and half or no cream at this stage. I'm just going through all the things that potentially could slow you down a little bit, okay? And if you add all these things together, you're, you're pretty much guaranteed success. Okay, three, 
No sugar alcohols. This is the alternative sweeteners that a lot of people use on keto, like no xylitol, erythritol. Not that there's sugar in them, but they can really alter your digestive system and that can create bloating and additional problems. This is why we're gonna also recommend no almond flour. So many people have an issue with almond flour, okay? They get bloating. And also no keto packaged foods. Nowadays, they're slipping in all these synthetic fibers, these new called functional fibers, the soluble corn fiber, the tapioca fiber, and additional hidden maltodextrin that they don't even put on the label. So we just want to avoid that. So that way, uh, it's not going to be a barrier. All right, number four, when you go to a restaurant, it's crapshoot. There's so much seed oils that they fry food in, that they put into the food at restaurants, especially fast food restaurants, but other restaurants as well. Um, when I go into a restaurant, I really have to read that menu. And I'm really asking the waitress or the waiter uh, very specific questions about these ingredients because my body is very sensitive. I can pick up if there's any hidden sugar in the food or chemicals, and I'll walk away from that restaurant not feeling quite right because I'll know that there's something in there that disagreed with my body. So at this stage, if you really want to see some great results, I would just not go to any restaurants, cook your own food so you can control it. Okay. Now, only one cup of coffee, not more than that, because we don't want to add more caffeine that can inhibit your sleep. It also adds more strain in the liver because the liver has to work hard at detoxifying the caffeine. All right. Number six, apple cider vinegar, like one tablespoon in a glass of water before your meal. Why? Because apple cider vinegar is really good at helping your blood sugars, okay? At improving this insulin resistance problem. Also, the apple cider vinegar will help your stomach be a little more acidic so you'll get better digestion. All right, let's go to the next section here. All right, seven. No more than eight ounces of protein per meal. Why? Because if you have too much protein, that can spike insulin. So typically you wanna go from, I don't know, three, to six ounces to no more than eight ounces of protein per meal. But because we're doing OMAD one meal a day, Monday through Friday, you want to eat a little more protein. So seven, eight ounces would be a good amount. The type of protein does matter. You want protein with the fat that normally comes with it. You don't want to do any lean protein, but you want fatty protein like hamburger, like you can do fatty steak. Uh, salmon, fish, seafood, eggs, and you can also do some cheese if it's quality, like an organic European cheese from grass-fed cows, uh, from raw milk cheese, that would be the best. Cheese is a good source of protein without the carbs as compared to other dairy like just regular milk or kefir or yogurt. I also recommend no protein powders. Why? Because there's all sorts of stuff in there. And also it's too lean, okay? The leaner you go with the protein, the higher you spike insulin. All right, I also recommend not consuming any pre-made shakes, okay? They have a lot of weight loss shakes. They have a lot of meal substitutes in a shake. Avoid those. There are certain ingredients that you don't want to put in your body. All right, next point would be number eight, one meal a day, Monday through Friday, okay? And, and you don't have to restrict your calories, okay? Consume enough food, make sure it's nutrient dense, 
And then on the weekends, okay, Saturday and Sunday, do a 48 hour fast. Now you might at first think that's extreme, but the amount of health that's going to be generated in your body on all different levels is going to be incredible, not to mention your metabolism. It's going to improve. And you're going to also bust through that set point, that, that weight level that you just can't seem to get past. I think this is a really good pattern for not just weight loss, but health in general, and also as an anti-cancer thing. Make sure you take your electrolytes, B vitamins, and sea salt anytime you do fasting. Okay. Number nine, very important. I did another video on how significant stress is with, with your weight, with your metabolism, with increasing cortisol. You need to do what's called a stress detox, okay? And the biggest source of stress is other people. So you want to avoid any and all people who stress you out. There's really two groups of people, people that are bringing you up and people that are bringing you down. Anyone that brings you down or stresses you out, you want to just Put them on pause for a while and your stress level is going to go down. And you also want to stop watching the news. Why? Because it's mostly bad news. There's not a lot of good news. And also try to limit as much as you can. So if you don't watch the news, don't hang out with these people, you're not going to have a lot of bad news. And that is going to make a huge shift in your sanity, your stress level and cortisol. You want to keep super busy, okay? Why? So you don't have time to think too much, right? And start worrying and being stressed out. So many people, if they have idle time, get to thinking and start to stress themselves out. And too much thinking, especially if it's like analyzing different problems constantly, can definitely increase your cortisol level. So you just want to stay really busy so you can keep your mind off these problems for a period of time as well as preventing boredom, right? Because the worst thing you can do is sit around while there's food in the kitchen and uh, not be busy. Okay, so that's that one. And then physical work or exercise two to three times a week for one hour. I would recommend doing more physical work if you can, because that's very therapeutic. Why? Because apparently this also handles the mental stress at the same time more than actual exercise does. Now, the type of exercise you want to do is something like significant, something that, you know, you're going to get sore the next day. You really want to work your full body. High intensity interval training would be the best, not just like five minutes. You really want to work out till you get tired. And you might not be able to do that without the help of a personal trainer. So you might want to think about that. Get as much sun as you can without burning yourself, because this is very therapeutic uh, to reduce cortisol. Uh, real quick, I had a patient once who had this huge belly. And every time he went down to Florida for a vacation, he'd come back, his stomach was completely flat. And he wouldn't change his diet, but he was out in the sun. And the fresh air and the sun and the lower stress just reduced his cortisol. Also be around nature as much as possible. Number 10, fermented veggies, like one cup, like either sauerkraut or kimchi a day is really going to help your gut and your sleeping, which I'm going to mention. Or if you can't do that, just take a probiotic before bed. It's going to help your sleep and it's going to help you lose more weight. All right. Number 11, support the beta cell. What's the beta cell? That's the cell, the pancreas that's regulating and producing insulin. 
So you want to make sure you have enough potassium foods, magnesium foods. Those are the big salads, vitamin D. You can also get these as a supplement from electrolytes, but vitamin D is very, very important with your pancreas and helping you lower insulin. And so is B1 in the form of nutritional yeast. These four are really good to help um, insulin resistance and to help the pancreas. And last but not least, number 12, sleep. If possible, I would recommend going to bed at 9.30. That might sound pretty drastic, but that's what time I go to bed. And uh, you get this cycle down where you know you go to bed and try to get as much sleep as you can. You might wake up in the middle of the night, but just try to get back to sleep and try to sleep as long as possible, okay? Get at least eight hours.